Seder Snippets is sponsored by Rene and Jack Nussbaum, the Schuss of Rafu Shlema for Odo Bas Alta Chaya. We concluded our introduction to the section of Karbonos, reminding us that we are deprived of the opportunity to bring Karbonos. Literally, we don't have a base on Mikdash. Nevertheless, by reciting the words, by learning the words, which according to some constitute a form of prayer, others constitute a fulfillment of study of Torah, but in any case, by reciting the Karbonos, it is as if we have offered them. We offer the behemoth, the animal, inside us, and we pledge to elevate ourselves. We affirm that the supreme value inside ourselves, the one that's calling the shots, is the chelak elokam mamash, is the godly spirit, not the animal soul. The first of the korbanos that we read is actually not a korban, it precedes the korban. When the Kohanim entered the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, they encountered the kior, the kior, the basin from which they would wash and purify themselves in advance of their service. This base and the kior, we're not going to go through the words of each of the karbanos. I'm going to give an overview of each section and share with you, at least for me, personally, what I try to think about when I read that paragraph, when I read that section. The kior was made, the bottom, the base of the basin was made from the mirrors. Where did they get mirrors in the desert? What mirrors did they have? They were the very mirrors that the women in Egypt used to beautify themselves. We shared in the Pasha class earlier today. Why are we using specifically those mirrors? So to me, the Pasha of the Kiyor, that when I say every single morning, it reminds me of a few critical themes. Again, all about the way we begin our day, mold and shape, inspire and inform the way we begin our day. So number one is the mirrors. That when the men in Mitzrayim had a very short sight, all they saw before them was the persecution, the oppression, the anti-Semitism. All they felt was Paro and the Egyptian people's systematic attempt to exterminate them. And they gave up hope. It was a world in which they withdrew from their wives. They didn't believe it was worth bringing children into such a world. But the women beautified themselves. In the mirrors, they made themselves attracted, attractive. And they attracted the attention of their husbands with whom they reunited and brought the next generation, the continuity of our people. It's in the schus nashim tzidkanios. It's only in the merit of those holy women who maintained a faith and an optimism it's not a coincidence women were rewarded for abstaining from giving to the Chaita Egel and for giving to the Mishkan with such alacrity and zeal. What was the reward? Rosh Chodesh. Why Rosh Chodesh? The holiday of Rosh Chodesh. Is it random? Kosh had to dip into his toy box and give them something. Why not give them Rosh Chodesh? Shulchan Aruch records that women abstain from Malacha. Not the 39 categories of creative labor on Rosh Chodesh, but... Women don't have to do laundry. They don't have to cook dinner. Take them out for dinner. Buy takeout that night. Rosh Chodesh is a woman's holiday. Why Rosh Chodesh? Because women we know have that capacity to be roa es hanolad. When do we celebrate Rosh Chodesh? When the moon is in its full glory? On Rosh Chodesh, the moon is barely a discernible sliver. You can barely detect it or see it there. Here we are celebrating the new month and the new moon when you can barely see it. Wouldn't it make more sense to have Rosh Chodesh, the celebration on the 15th when the moon is in all of its glory? The answer is Rosh Chodesh is not about the here and now. It's not the reflection of light from the moon right now. It's the faith and the certitude. It's the confidence that the moon will grow full once again. It will broadcast and reflect a great light once again. And women who exhibited that very quality in Egypt, they looked in those mirrors and made themselves attractive and attracted the attention of their husbands, they were roe es hanolad, the molad. They saw what was yet to come. And so when the Kohanim would walk into the Beis HaMikdash, when we say the Pasha of the Kiyor every day, we invoke the symbolism of those mirrors. Whatever is on tap that day, whatever meetings, 
appointments, whatever challenging experiences we have, we think about what served as the base of the basin of the Kior. It was the mirrors of optimism and hope. And we begin our day with that same attitude of optimism and hope and confidence that whatever the day brings, hopefully for good, and even if the day doesn't turn out so great, and even if the day doesn't fulfill all of our dreams and hopes and aspirations for it, we still believe Roa Esanola that it will grow full once again. So theme number one I think about with the Kior is the significance of the material from which it's made and that it symbolizes hope and optimism. Number two, Rabbi Salavechik has, the Rav has an amazing insight. And the Rav says the Kior was located inside as part of the Avoda. Why? A sink should be outside. Clean your hands and feet before you come in. Why was it part of the experience of the Avodah. Why do we read it in the Karbonos? It doesn't seem to be fundamental, intrinsic to the service. It's something which is a prerequisite or a precursor to it. And Rabbi Soloveitchik says, no. Before you could bring a Korban, before you can approach the Mizbeach, before you could atone, you have to be willing to look in the mirror. The Kiyor, the cleansing, the washing, was not only physically washing hands and feet, the washing was spiritually, emotionally, the willingness to look in the mirror, to be honest with ourselves. How many people are fooling themselves in life? There's such a lack of self-awareness of our talents and skills and what we're capable of on the one hand and ignoring and excusing the things that we've done wrong on the other hand. When a person, the Kohen, served, and we too, when we read the Kiyor, we are invoking this theme, the theme of looking in the mirror, of being honest with ourselves and being honest in both directions. We said earlier in the Birchas HaShachar, being moda al ha'emes, prerequisite to a good day, is a willingness to be honest with ourselves. You can try to fool other people. Don't fool yourself. To be moda ala emes. When we look in the mirror of the kiyor, that's the real purification. That's the real washing. That's the real preparing for the day. And when we look in that mirror, we see two things. Our faults and our shortcomings and our failures, our indiscretions and our misgivings. And we take ownership over them with shame, with guilt, with remorse, and with a commitment to repair and not to do them again. But when we look in the mirror, you know what else? We see that Selim Elohim. There are too many people who've given up on themselves, who feel insecure and hopeless and helpless, who feel unworthy or invisible. And when we look in that mirror, we say the Kiyor to begin our day and invoke and think about the mirror. When we look in the mirror, we see that Selim Elohim in us. Inside us is godliness, is incredible potential, is talent and skill and blessing and a gift that the world is waiting for us to give that we are here for a purpose, we have a cause and a calling and a mission to fulfill. And so the three themes for me when reciting the Kiyor are number one, the faith and optimism of the women who donated those mirrors. Number two, to look in the mirror to admit when we've made a mistake. You can't walk up to the Mizbeach and ask for forgiveness, try to atone for a mistake that you're not willing to take responsibility for, that you're not honest with yourself about. And number three, to never give up on ourselves or sell ourselves short, to look in the mirror and to know who we are and what we're capable of and therefore, to set high expectations, ambition, and aspirations for that incredible day ahead.